I think I need the mic, something a little close. So we are coming into Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year. Peter Beinart wrote an article in Haaretz just the other day, and he said, Oi, Yom Kippur, it's so long and boring. Uh, it's, if it's not in the context of Shabbat, a year of Shabbat, does it have that deep meaning? And I understand his critique that we should build uh, these holidays within the context of, of, of a weekly or monthly or yearly Jewish observance. But there is something amazing about people who don't normally daven coming in and saying, I want to come and have this connection and, and reconnect with the Jewish community and really be in, be in that place where I can think about my life and the year to come. The older I get, I like to say, the, the more meaningful for me Yom Kippur gets. Because it is this chance as, as Jews and those who love them to come and just spend a day, really 24 hours, not thinking so much about the physical, but really thinking about your life path, about your spirit, about healing and hope. We call it real kishka work, if you know uh, little Yiddish. What does kishka mean? It's your, it's your gut work, right? You work inside, and it's good free Jewish therapy. So come, come be here. And you kind of work through hearing Kol Nidre and that call that says, let's all pray together. And then coming and seeing the congregation dressed, some of us in white, some in kittles, some not wearing leather, some were able fasting to focus and do the vidui, the confession that we do as a community. Uh, and then if you make it to uh, hearing some of the best social justice preaching you'll ever hear as Isaiah shares a vision saying that you're God's hands. And he writes this 3,000 years ago. And that's his God idea. And then probably the best fish story I've ever heard where Jonah uh, doesn't want to tell people to do tshuva, but realizes he has to ultimately do that. He gets spit out of a whale. In Seattle, we said it was a salmon, but he gets spit out of a whale, and he goes to Nineveh and says, let's repair the world. He was a reluctant prophet. All of this leading us to maybe getting able to embrace that new path as we go forth and we hear that last shofar sound, that call. Each of them is a different Jewish way to try to get us to think about this thing we called tshuva, turning, transformation, that we can do it. And you need to know that not all the prayers in the prayer book are meant to say, this is what you have to believe. But their suggestions are all different pathways, trying to find that particular gate for you that might open up your heart. The prophet Hosea wrote this in the time of the temples. And this Shabbat is named after his writing. He said, Shuva Yisrael, return, O Israel, to the eternal your God. For you've fallen because of your mistakes. Take words with you and return to Adonai and say, forgive all guilt, accept what is good, God, instead of bulls that they offered up in te the temple. We'll offer the words of our, of our lips, that we ourselves will engage in that dialogue in community with you. 
and make that offering that maybe will help us return to being a person of bracha and blessing. And don't think that you don't have the words. Understand that all those words are just to get you to that silent prayer or your prayer in between the prayers. You can leave the prayer book altogether. But you have the words. You have the ability to speak with you, the lips of your heart, your own blessing. There's a Hasidic story about a, a, a toddler prince who, when the carnival came to town, these, these acrobats, they came to town. And his father, the king, brought him out to see it. He was so taken with the, the balloons and the acrobats and all the activity that he wandered away and he fell asleep in one of the wagons. And it wasn't until after they journeyed away for a while and nobody had found him that then the, the carnival act saw that they had this, this, this kid with him. They didn't know who it was. And they decided to care for him. And they taught him a little bit. They taught him how to juggle. And he went from town to town and place to place. And as he grew, he saw and experienced amazing things. But he always wondered if he'd ever find home. And one day while the carnival was nearby where that, that castle was, where he was born, they heard about the reward, the act. And they said, oh my gosh, this must be the baby. Now a kid, now 12 years old. We'll bring you back. We'll bring you back to the king. And if the king sees that you are his son, then, then you can ask for anything. Just ask. Offer your heart. And so they came, and, and the king saw the child and recognized him as his own and, and gave the reward to the carnival people. They left. And the boy walked in and saw the grandeur of the palace and saw his simple clothes and his, his barely holding together shoes. And the king said, my son, I'm so glad you're home. What can I give you? What would you like? And the boy just looked up and looked down and said, a new pair of shoes. And the rabbi who teaches the story says, the child is us and that sovereign is God. And sometimes we don't realize that we're in the palace of life. And if we start to open up our hearts and really ask, we can really connect with what we need and who we need to be. And maybe Yom Kippur is that time of tshuva, of return. So open up your hearts and say what you're angry about or what you're hopeful for or what you're apologizing for. Find your words. And if they're as simple as saying, help me mend my shoes, that's a good prayer too. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.